Welcome to The Laneway, where we delve into all things health, fitness, lifestyle, and sustainable fat loss. But coming at you with an unbiased, educational, and hopefully entertaining approach. Three biggest fat loss mistakes that we see, but we've got a bit of a bonus. You're going to hear my three biggest fat loss mistakes and also Ash's version of what she sees as her three biggest fat loss mistakes. I'm keen for this because it's it happens or these mistakes happen so commonly and I think these mistakes lead to people being like, I'm broken, I can never lose weight, all this stuff. So, <clears throat> we're about to myth bust. Well, I, and, and I'm very aware that we need to keep this short, but last night, a question that you asked you had day one live yeah. for the five-day challenge. And a question that you asked was, what age were you when you tried your first diet? Mm-hmm. Now, not everyone answered, but there was a lot of answers in there. And there was an overwhelming amount that were in the teens, including low teens, like preteen even, like 11. Yeah. A majority, I would say, were probably 15 to 25 Yeah, as people's first diet. Now, the reason that I bring that up is... If you're listening to this now, I want you to think to yourself, what age were you when you've tried your first diet? Was it 11? Was it 15? Was it 20? Now I want you to, now I want to ask a second question, which is how old are you now? Because a lot of our listeners, average age is probably around that 40 mark. And I say average because it's probably, actually it's probably higher than that. It's probably 30 to 60 would you yeah. say? Yeah, I think the, ch- the majority of people that we work with are in that 30 to 50 range, but we do have, Absolutely. you know, we do have a group that are outside of that. Yeah, that we've got some outsiders. We have some, and we yeah. have some on the lower side. On like the in lower the 20s side as too, well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if you're 40 and you've been dieting for 20 years and you don't have your dream physique, and when I say dream physique, your dream physique might change as you age. Yeah. I don't have necessarily the dream physique that I wished for when I was 20, but I have the dream physique that I'm happy with now because you start to work out what is and is not possible for you and what you are and are not prepared to give for that. And for what I'm prepared to give for where I'm at in my life, I'm, I have my dream physique and not many people do. You do too, Ashley. Yeah. We both maintain what we have now, but the first 90% of our training career went against what we needed to be doing to get our dream physique. And we may have gotten to our goal body weight and then walked away from it again and then gotten and then walked away. But if you've been training for 20 years and you're not at a point where you're like, yep, I'm happy to maintain here, then that could be due to one or six of these common mistakes that we see. All right, so um, would you like to kick it off? You go or first. I will. So yeah. shall I run through my three and explain them? No, do you go get one oh. shot away and then <laughs> we'll I'll go, get... We'll go one for one. Well, you want to go one for one? All right, and I spoke about this last night, dieting for too long. 
fat loss or dieting is a phase, guys. It is not a lifestyle. So what we see is like a massive mistake that we see is ladies spending either way too long or sometimes their whole entire lives dieting. Obviously, a calorie deficit makes up a part of the process. And yes, ladies do have this as a part of their nutrition strategy. You know, whether you're doing your own strategy through the five-day challenge or whether you're coming in to train with Ash, it is a part of your strategy. However, it's the shortest part. Plus, it comes second after we've completed the metabolic preparation phase, which you may have heard me speak about last night. And of course, then we have an exit phase um, at the end, which is going to help you keep the weight off. Most people only diet. Most people's strategies has only ever, if you're not a T-dubber and you haven't been through a five-day challenge, then prior to that, there's a very high chance your whole strategy has been only the dieting phase Mm. and you've either done it for as long as you could possibly have the willpower to stick to it or, you know, depending how high your willpower is, you, for example, you dieted for like, what, 12 months straight or longer? Yeah. At times? Yeah, absolutely. Just literally... And, And you know the craziest part? I reached my goal weight, but that goal weight didn't equal what my goal physique was. Yeah. So I was like, yes, I achieved my goal weight. But then I looked at myself, right? And I'm like, this isn't my goal physique. So I think that's really important to remember as well. Yeah. All right. My number one is cardio as the main form of exercise being a fat loss mistake. Cardio, if you can believe it, it's going to sound crazy to a few people, but cardio improves cardiovascular endurance performance i know that's like a giant stretch to believe but that's what (laughs) cardio is short for right cardiovascular if you need to run or if you've chosen to run a marathon or do a triathlon or do an endurance race of some kind then cardiovascular endurance performance is going to be extremely high on your priority list to be able to complete that endeavor and so that's where the main form of focus should go a byproduct of doing cardio training byproduct not main product byproduct is you burn calories manually now is that sustainable and is that an ideal approach for fat loss the answer is a big fat no for a few reasons number one the amount of calories you burn manually in doing cardio exercise are extremely much less than what you probably think. The number on your screen that your heart rate monitor is connected to the screen in your class, you can probably halve it, halve it, and halve it again, and that's probably closer to actually how many calories you're burning. The number it says on your smartwatch, I hear my mates tell me they burn around a 1,000 calories in a training session. And just to give you a bit of an idea... The calories you burn in a training session, like a 45-minute or an hour sweat sesh, whether it's a cardio class, a boot camp, whatever, a run, it make up 10% of the calories you burn per day. So if you've burned 1,000 calories and that's 10% of your calories that you've eaten that day, that means you need to be eating 10,000 calories a day to burn 1,000 in a sweat sesh. The reality is most people eat probably around that 1500 mark on average. This is not T-dubbers. This is pre-T-dubbers. And so you're probably burning closer to between 100 and 200 calories during that session. And each time you do that session, you will burn less and less as your body adapts and adapts. Final part to that is cardio is catabolic. Now there's two words I want to say, and I'll briefly explain them, catabolic and anabolic 
anabolic is to grow muscle catabolic is to reduce muscle cardio is catabolic as you spend time doing cardio exercise your body will look to reduce muscle mass and the reason for that is muscle mass is expensive to run it's like uh, a v8 car it's an more expensive it needs more fuel to run like our chevy needs more fuel to run than what a little prius would need to run so what your body will look to do is it'll go muscles expensive i don't need this for cardio and in fact it's making me maybe slower or it's making me need more fuel so your body will look to pare down muscle it will look to reduce muscle and if you want to lose body fat the most the best form of exercise is things that are going to be anabolic so muscle growth the best type of training for fat loss is also the best type of training for muscle growth I just know how to really no no I'm laughing because I'm like you literally just stole my number two tip which is doing too much you, cardio well, and the first line I was going to say is the best kind of training well, to you lose need fat to, is you're also gonna have to come up you've got probably five minutes to come up in your head with another one you're gonna have to you don't have a choice no I was I was just about to say that that is my add-on. Um, to that, you can't, but bro. you need your own one. No, this you, was my one. I told you before we did this um, podcast that this was mine. You and, and stole mine because you didn't have one. Look, number one, <laughs> number one, I did steal it, but I was smart enough to put it first. <laughs> so that if you're going to steal, be good at it. You don't steal and then put it last on the list. And you knew I was going to steal it. No, don't you, don't you now go on my list and steal from my <laughs> no, list. No, I don't That's have. I don't have. Your you don't list. have my list. Oh, no, okay, I don't perfect. have your list. Um, so there I, you go. So I think cardio that, is the main form of exercise. Yeah, number I, one mistake. Do or like okay, so cardio is the main form, or doing too much. I think there is a point in your life where. That's different. You can, we can do di- a little bit. You can right. use this as yours because yeah. this is different. So let's yeah, segment let's and go. L- my, my number two is doing, doing too, too much, much cardio. cardio. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can – now, people t- um, seem to get a little bit confused. They're like, well, hang on a minute. Well, what about like my cardiovascular health? What about this? What about that? Like it's, it's good for obviously longevity of your life. Your heart is a muscle. We need to obviously like work on that as well. And – Sometimes people people ask, you know, what happens if I walk? Like, is this going to ruin my like my muscle? You do not. Is it going to ruin me? Is it going to ruin my progress? No, walking is so freaking fantastic for your overall cardiovascular health. It's great for your mental health. It is so great as a part of a um, overall balanced a balanced approach to fat loss. You know, you've got your strength training and then you'll have walking. It's fantastic. Walking doesn't have the same response as, you know, intensive hit cardio or, you know, long endurance running. Um, it, it is so different. It's the opposite. And the main thing is that it your heart rate is not elevated for really long periods of time. When you go for a walk, it's quite steady and it obviously serves in, in that in that sense as well. The other thing I want to mention is if you are somebody that is really scared to drop cardio and you know you, you you're not at your dream physique yet and it is it's scary dropping the cardio. I've certainly been there before. I had this massive fear of like, well hang on a minute, if I stop doing all this running, if I stop doing all these hit classes, I'm just gonna go and put on a ton of weight. And it is a valid concern, however, 
uh, the other part to it actually before I just move on is you think that it's a huge part of your life and it's a love and it's a thing that makes you feel so good and you can't picture a life without it. You can push pause and come back to it, particularly if you are somebody that has gone on to achieve all of your goals. We say to everybody at that point, once you've achieved your goal, if you want to start reintroducing some cardio, Brad sometimes will go for a run. It's been a little while, but you know sometimes he'll go for a run and it's not going to impact his progress because he is currently maintaining. So I think when you're at a point in your life when you are actually maintaining, you can start to reintroduce a little bit of it. And then you're not that far away from your goal if you go, you know what, this is making me feel like rubbish. I feel really tired all the time. I feel weak. I feel like I've lost muscle. Maybe I've gained a little bit of body fat, whatever it might injuries. be. Injury. Injury is a massive one. And it's so easy to forget if you've achieved your goal two years ago and you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to start reintroducing hit classes or, you know, some triathlon training or, you know, running or whatever, CrossFit, who knows, whatever, right? You forget that those are the things that will actually, that can actually cause things like injuries and um, making you feel really tired, not recovering from your actual training anymore. So I think it is really important to just keep an eye on those things. There's something that we do. We have like a weekly wins tracker that helps people track how they're feeling on a daily basis so that you can bring more attention to, you know what, for the last week I started doing running again. I've achieved my goal, obviously. I've started running again. I'm feeling really tired. I'm feeling really run down. My training sessions, my strength training sessions are starting starting to feel really weak and you can have a clear correlation between you know what that's what I changed I started adding in this other stuff and this is how I feel now so it's not forever it's just for now yeah you can pause it yeah and you can come back to it yeah and most people think that they love it but they don't what they what is happening subconsciously is their brains telling them I need to do this to lose weight and get to that body fat, that scale number that I feel like I need to be at. And if I don't do these cardio classes, then I won't get there. Mm -hmm. And in the past, when I've stopped cardio classes, it's been because I've given up and I've gained weight. However, what you're going to see more often than not is you will come back stronger. We had a chick post in the group literally this week that she's a surfer. I can't remember whereabouts. She's in America, I believe. She is. I posted on my Instagram stories yesterday. Okay, cool. I can't remember where in America she was, but it sounds like it's not a constant swell. So it's not constant waves every day. The swell comes and goes. So they had an offshore hurricane, which meant that there was good surfing waves. And so she wanted to be in a position that at the time that it was go time, she was ready to go and it sounded like it may have been her first surfing session maybe either in a while or since she started training with Ash. And so obviously there's some nervousness there. What's the – I haven't been doing cardio. I have, like what's it going to be like? She, in her explanation, not word for word, but in her my interpretation of her explanation was she did better because she had gotten stronger and um, grown the muscle she actually was able to paddle into waves that she might not have been able to before and she was able to pop up on her board better than she was before she wasn't sore afterwards she was able to recover fine and her cardio didn't hold her back so the weight training sessions you'll be absolutely shocked out of your mind by two things number one the positive impact they'll have when you come back to your cardio because of extra strength, particularly with running and exercises like that. And two, how well you will maintain your base level of cardio. It won't drop to zero. You might drop 10 or 20% off the top of your cardio, 
which you get back in the first month of doing cardio again anyway, but you'll be shocked how much you can keep. Uh, my number two for three biggest fat loss mistakes is restriction. When it comes to dieting, inherently, it's usually uh, a named diet. Most people have done a named diet in the past. Uh, diet, and, and I use this just for the fat loss, not for the ethics. Dieting using vegan, using vegetarian, using keto, using carnivore, using meal replacement shakes, using juice uh, diets, using a potato diet, whatever, they usually come with a name and that name equals restriction. Cutting out carbs, cutting out fat, cutting out something. If you cut out the things you love, two things will happen. Number one, you will want them more than ever and number two, you will binge. Restriction always leads to binge. Don't cut out the things you love because that will 100% lead to you falling off the wagon and then binging on them. You talk about this as in a, <laughs> it used to be a Tim Tam craving. Last night was a caramel wallaby. <laughs> Last night was a caramel wallaby, right? Yeah. If you let your cravings get out of control, like at the start, your cravings might start at a two out of 10. And I used to call it a Tim Tam craving. Right At the start, it's a two out of 10. But if you let it go, it's eventually going to get to a 10 out of 10 Tim Tam craving. And instead of having one Tim Tam, when your cravings start low and just satisfying that craving and getting on with your day, when you let it get to a 10 out of 10, you're going to eat a whole damn packet of Tim Tams. At the moment, it's caramel, caramel wallabies. I don't know where they been all my life. I'd only discovered them probably two or three months ago. <laughs> and yeah, like instead of having a family milk, a family milk, a family block of caramel chocolate, when, you know, your cravings are a 10 out of 10, I have a wallaby every day. It's a little, it's kind of like a little Freddo frog, but it's caramel and it's a wallaby, not a frog. Um, yeah. And, it, and you satisfy those cravings and you get on with your day. And that's how you balance your cravings out is not by restricting and then by binging. It's by inclusion and then surrounding that thing that you really like, whether it is a, it might be for you, cheese and crackers. It might be chocolate. It could be some chips. Instead of having a family size packet of chips, have a small serving of chips and then have some other things to balance those cravings out that might help keep you fuller for longer. The, um, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, my third one is low adherence. Um, it is probably, in my opinion, the most underrated fat loss um, mistake or, or tip even. It can work in both both directions, but low adherence. And if, if you're somebody that's not actually tracking your adherence, then you're more likely doing less than you think. Um, something that we, and I actually explain this on Friday in the five day challenge, but explain a, a way that you could track adherence. If you are somebody that's not going in to train with Ash, but we have an adherence tracker. And even with that, sometimes, particularly, I know this happened when we finished, um, one-on-one -on -one coaching a few weeks ago, I was doing a little bit of a recap with a client and I said to her, you know, out of the last 12 weeks, there's been three weeks where we've missed calories and training. And she was like, oh my God, like now looking back, she's like, I didn't realize that I had missed three whole weeks. She said, I actually thought that I'd only ever missed one training session because what's not really, well, what's not tracked is not in your awareness and you kind of forget, right? So, 
low adherence is definitely or low adherence is definitely a big thing but tracking that adherence is so important did i train 3 days a week this week you know or however many times you commit to what calories are you supposed to be consuming what protein are you supposed to be consuming and how many training sessions have you committed to and have you achieved those three things on a week by week daily basis or daily basis week by week yeah i think that that's um so underrated and the the top of the list of importance. If you don't, if you're not tracking those things, you will have a bias. Absolutely, we you, all do. It's natural. It's yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yes. we have a bias. Yeah. Oh, I I train all the time, but when you actually look at it, you go, well, you've got an eighty one percent adherence rate. Yeah, is eighty one percent enough to get you to your goal? The way we track is we set the bar low. And yeah. what we consider, we consider hundred percent the minimum. Now, when I say the minimum. That generally speaking, if you take a zoomed out look over your whole journey from the day you start until the day that you're, you're, you're okay, I'm ready to maintain from here. So that might be a year. You want to be, you, you, 100% is probably a bit of a, a hard one. However, the point is 80% is too far away. If you stub your toe, then you should still be able to get your protein and calories is what I'm saying. The reason that you miss a tick are things like I, I literally had the flu and I was literally in bed for four days. And, I, you know, you're not going to force protein in. That's fair enough. That's a reason, not an excuse. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and the hospital, for some reason, refuses to let me have sunlight or protein. All right, that's a reason, not an excuse. So I think picking and allowing yourself to be have constructive criticism yeah. over yourself because otherwise we have a bias. Uh, all right, my number three is this is this is such a big fucking one for everybody and no one wants to do this part of education at the start but every single person is so glad that they did it and this can change your whole life. This should have been number one. I'm going to say meal plans rather than learning calories. That's what the heading's going to be. Mistake. Yeah, not do. Don't the, the do. The mistake <laughs> is using meal plans yeah. rather than learning calories, yeah. learning how to track calories. People hear about tracking calories and they think that sounds too hard. You know what's harder is trying to stick to a uh, one day, one day, two meal plan for the rest of your life because you won't. There is not a person on the planet that I know that has done a meal plan and stuck to it long enough to hit their goal and stay there forever mm-hmm. because pizza, donuts, Caramel wallabies, do, uh, donuts again, <laughs> someone's barbecue, a friend's birthday, Cheryl's pool party, we're going out for dinner, would you like to come? We're going to Bali, we're going to have a Hawaii trip. All of these things are the reason that meal plans are not a sustainable tool. Uh, is there a place for them? Yeah, in 1% of cases for physique athletes that are leading into a bodybuilding competition, a meal plan is a great idea. For um, a UFC fighter that's leading into a competition, a meal plan is a great idea because you uh, you want to dial in so specifically for a specific date and it's very important to have macros. However, for everyone else, including myself, Ash and everyone, most people listening to this who are, want to look good naked and that's the reason for the goal, you are not going to be able to get there and stay there using a meal plan because you won't stick to a meal plan forever. So you'll look good while you're eating your meal plan naked, but 
Are you eating your meal plan naked? Right. <laughs> but as soon as you put the meal plan, you want to put clothes back on. Exactly. That's actually a really good one. I um I always say that meal plans and we actually we actually introduced meal plans as a guide in our last um, Train With Ash program that will run over into this new intake. And the main reason we did that, we had a lot of people say, this is not you guys. Why are you doing this? The main reason we did it is to give you inspiration to show you how how you might meet 130 grams of protein, just as an example. On, on 1550 calories. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. sometimes people are... A lot of people are visual learners. And if I just say to you, you know what, you eat, go and eat 2,000 calories and have 150 grams of protein, just like throwing numbers out there, you might be like, oh, can you just show me what that looks like? Once you see it, then you're like, oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Now I can kind of mesh that around my day and work out what um, or how to make how to make that work. So they can be really helpful for a visual, and I think that that's great for a lot of people. But like Brad said, for a long term plan, one percent of people, a small amount of um, a small group of people, it's going to to suit only. The second reason that we would use them in Train with Ash would be tracking accuracy. If someone's in a fat loss phase, hey, I've dropped my calories three times and I still haven't seen weight loss on the scale. All right, let's go on to a meal plan just for a week or maybe two weeks. That way we know we have accounted for tracking 100% so that the accuracy of your tracking is 100%. And surprise, surprise, you always see the scale move because tracking is a tool that you learn and get better at over time. It's totally okay to start with your tracking not at 100% accuracy, totally fine. Excuse me, because you have wiggle room as you're reverse dieting. If you start in a reverse diet, there's wiggle room because you're speeding up your metabolism. And as you learn, your learning graph increase goes at the same as your reverse diet calorie increase. And there's enough wiggle room to learn as you grow at the start. However, during a fat loss phase, it becomes a little bit more important. And so if you're using something that you have entered on your first week, and it was in an inaccurate entry. But you've just been using that and using that every week since. You may not, and because your reverse dieting speed up metabolism, it has you haven't seen that that's come up. However, now that you're in a fat loss phase, an example is what's the past debacle that we had with Lani? Oh, so um, edamame, edamame pasta is that what it's called? Edamame noodles, yeah, it's edamame edamame fettuccine. It's like a low calorie, um, well. It was supposed to be a low-calorie pasta option, which actually tasted really good, but there was a debacle, Mm. and the way that they reported calories on the packet was not correct. It didn't match. So, what they were saying it was didn't match what it said on the back of the packet. Yeah. So, in an instance like that, someone might be in a fat loss phase just stuffing their face with fettuccine noodles, thinking, oh my, mommy fettuccine. Yeah, oh my <laughs> God, I can't believe how good this is. I can't believe it. And saying, oh, the scale's not moving. So, okay, let's go into a meal plan for two weeks. Bang, the scale moves. You go, okay, there's something that you're consuming that is not 100% accurate. And then we can do a tracking audit. Oftentimes when you suggest that, hey, the scale's not moving, cool, let's do a tracking audit. Mm. People go, audit, audit. I don't want to go look at the back of the pack again and look at my phone and make sure they're the same. So, so for those people, we can go, all right, let's just do a meal plan for a week or two weeks, see what happens on the scale. Then when it moves and we can go, okay, cool. Something. There's yeah. a tracking inaccuracy. Let's go through your, your, your food diary and we'll work out what's happening. 
Yeah. Um, are you, have you got a third one? Is that it? That was my third one, honey. Oh, how hey, good. Are you going to sit there with your dress inside out and pretend it's normal? <laughs> I bought my dress on inside out today, guys, and um, haven't turned it back around yet. Are you having a, um, actually, have you secured the thing with those people? Not this one. I've secured one, but so not I this can't one. Talk about no, that this uh-huh. is why, this is why I've got the dress inside uh, out. That's what I was going to say. I'm hiding the label. They didn't come to, yeah. They haven't replied just yet, but it looks promising. Um... We've got some massive prizes, grand prizes, this um, upcoming intake. It's the first time we've ever done it and I'm so bloody excited. There's like where we've got some brands involved that is going to equate to a grand prize of a total transformation for a winner and I'm going to hint and it is not going to be for like the most amount of weight lost or the biggest – you know, change in photos or anything like that. That's not going to be what the winner is um, judged upon. And that's because I'm going to say it and someone's not going to like it. You should not join a challenge that has a prize attached to the biggest transformation in a short period of time. And a short period of time is eight to 12 weeks. That should There should not be a, a prize for that. And the reason is the only person that wins from that is the person running the challenge because they get to use your before and after photo and say, hey, you could achieve this in eight weeks or 12 weeks. The problem is being the participant that does that is to achieve something like that in such a short period of time is the rebound effect. The chances that you go back to the before photo or gain more weight than the before photo is so incredibly high the percentage chance of maintaining those results is so incredibly low and that's kind of the yo-yo diet that we talk about that binge then restrict binge then restrict and that's a very standard model that keeps people losing fat and regaining it for most of their lives and these are the people that we spoke about in the teens and early 20s that have been dieting ever since and still aren't at their dream body. And these are the people that we help and show, okay, rather than having that approach, let's do it this way. And then you get to you get to have your cake and eat it because what's the point in having cake if you can't eat it? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this mini episode that has stretched out to a half an hour. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.